anything the extreme. Maybe an ice cream man or the cops will show up. <laughs> something to work with. That's Aaron's <laughs> intro. That's Aaron's intro. And this week on Reliving the Extreme, we are going to try to get an hour out of the episode from ECW of April the 26th, 1994. I am Nate Maxson, along, of course, with my brother, Aaron. Hello, everybody. And the star of the show, ECW's own Mr. Chad Austin. I'm not the star. I'm just kind of like... The guy who hitched his wagon to this successful to these... podcasting network. <laughs> a guy that's actually worked hitching to these two nobodies doing a podcast about, so far, not such a great TV show. But, <laughs> that being well, who, said... Who are you to say that... Who would say you're no, a nobody? Uh, do you think I think that I'm somebody? You're more somebody than I am. Well, that's that stinks because... I think that I'm a nobody. So if you look up to me, then you could. And, and I look up to somebody like Gary Wolf. Where, where, where's that put you? I'm just looking up to Aaron. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know about you clowns. Like, all, I'm a somebody. I'm a all somebody. I ever, all I ever wanted to do was still Gary Wolf shoot. <laughs> I, I wanted to get as far as he got. Maybe I did. I don't know. He he gets a fun promo on this show. We're going to talk oh, about about that. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. Why do you think I brought his name up already? <laughs> he's he's fresh in the mind. He's I, I I can't believe he wasn't in the main event of that WrestleMania against Shawn Michaels in like Houston <laughs> with the with the Jose Lothario build up and all that. And, you know he could have had Johnny Rods in his corner. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, I don't know what happened and why he wasn't in that in that position. Jim Ross is like Rods and Lothario. Rods and Lothario. <laughs> Here we go. Rods, <laughs> Rods, Rods to the buckle. Uh, Aaron, anything you want to comment on or anything before we dig into this thing? No, not really. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for helping out. Appreciate it. Trying to give you guys a little bit of the spotlight for a change. Well, good lords, we need it. I mean, <laughs> maybe we're the get, star of the show. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can get one of the 73 people WWE released last week on the show. Jesus. I could probably get me a yim. All right, let's call her. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about right now, but I mean, oh, okay. but <laughs> for a future show, I'm sure I, I, can, I, I, have a, I have a connection to her. So she's the, a Baltimore. She she worked for Baltimore, and she's a Baltimore girl. No, I didn't know that at all. Um, they they said that, or at least I read that, and you know, it's 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 wrestling, and it's it's dirt sheets, and it's et cetera, et cetera. So it is what it is. But they said that they released a lot of those people because they were the ones that would not get vaccinated. I don't know how much truth there is to that, but 
it's a possibility because they fall under that we employ more than 100 people deal, you know. Well, do you think it's 100% true or that's just kind of a false pretense kind of true? Probably. Like, I mean, pro- probably half and half. Like they probably had a couple people in the list that they could just, you know, use that as justification and then cut the fat elsewhere. They're not going to have a roster left by WrestleMania. Did they get rid of that guy, that got that that Kona Reeves guy or whatever his name is? Did he get released? I don't. I I think he was in the last batch. I don't. I think he was. He's he's already been released. Yeah, he's already been gone. (laughs) Oh, I actually like him. Honestly, that might be because they said that AJ had like a non-medical reason for not being there or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm not knocking him or anything but with like with his political beliefs and shit that he's gone out on the record of before and everything that that's i think that's what it is with him i think he doesn't want to get vaccinated but they don't want to release him because he's fucking AJ Styles. Styles? Yeah. yeah why what happened to him well i'm just saying he's he's ultra conservative and everything so i would assume he's probably not in on the vaccination thing and i don't think they want to release him but they're saying that people got to be vaccinated to be at work so that might be why they don't have him on the show, but they don't want to say Aaron, it. we're talking about the WWE. Do you, do you think everything across the board is 100% for everyone? I don't know. Or is, there not, or is there not, like, an excuse to get rid of anyone? I mean, you, you understand what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm just spe- I'm just speculating. I'm just thinking out loud that that first thing that went in my mind was that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who – I mean, I'm vaccinated, but – I see on the news all the time people are that they get they get the they get the itis that are even vaccinated. Yeah, I mean you you can get the itis vaccinated, unvaccinated, what you know, celibate, homosexual. I don't know, <laughs> whatever <laughs> intergender, however you want to say it. Anybody can get the itis. The uh, speaking of speaking of uh, the itis, this show is the itis here. April twenty sixth, nineteen ninety four. It's something. We're start, we start off the show with, you guessed it, folks, a recap from last week uh, with the angle going down with uh, Terry Funk and Sabu. And then we get Paulie, and I don't know if it's Paul Heyman or Paul Harvey, because he says, tonight we're going to have the rest of the story. Yeah, I even wrote um, Paul Harvey's name down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, go ahead, Jed. I don't. I don't know about you, but I I actually kind of really dug the open. Mm-hmm. I wrote that it was a great open. They're they're telling us that they're going to give us what we did not get to see when the show went off the air last week. Um, what, a recap of the week before. A recap of the week before. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that what we're going to get tonight? <laughs> novel. That's idea. A, that, it's good to see they're trying something new. See if this idea yeah. works. Thinking outside of the box, there, aren't you? Yeah. The we get Joey Styles in the Eagles Nest and of course he recaps last week. Um they do show a little bit more of the stuff with Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton than they did last week. And then a confrontation between Terry Funk and Arn Anderson and then they wind up shaking hands in the middle of the ring. Aaron? I just I dug the angle and it's like probably the first like big epic thing or whatever that the ECW did. I mean, it was kind of the the first thing of, okay, holy shit, these guys are coming out of the woodworks. They weren't going to be like the big reveals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't turn the lights off, but it's kind of like the, the beginning of that. Well, th- don't you think it's even better than turning the lights off? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm just saying, like, this is, like, the first thing that really kind of was like okay this this shit's crazy you don't know exactly what's going to happen you know what i mean i mean yeah if you're if you're in the ecw arena and they turn the lights off and they turn it back on and then it's kevin sullivan are you really surprised oh good lord it's kevin (laughs) sullivan again or or if it's or if it's um oh what's his name um bill demont just the crash terminator oh good night oh look at this They, they they cut the lights off for bill demont (laughs) <laughs> oh look, it's Pat Tanaka. Dude, I, I'm I'm telling you, that's that's the only show from ECW that I wish that I wasn't booked on another date for. I I was booked on on a book show in Baltimore. I told you guys about this. Mm-hmm. And it was the same night, but I, I was making way more money than I would have made working for ECW that night. And I and I had no I mean, you know, it wasn't like Paul said I need you here because the Arn and Bobby's going to be here. Right. You know, like we, even if I was there, what, what am I going to be like? Um, who's that, that blonde haired jobber, Keith Larson that came out when Ric Flair won the NWA world title and helped Don Cornito pick him up over his head. Is that, is that what you wanted me there for? I mean, could, I don't know. You could, have, you could have been one of the masked handlers. Maybe that would have been better than rock and rebel as one of the masked handlers of Sabu. Chad, if I was a master, yeah, yeah. Oh, like they wouldn't see through that. You have a couple of big guys, and you got this slouch like me walking out there. Joey Styles would have put you over though, because he loves to put you over. Is, is that Chad Austin? Is he wearing <laughs> Zubaz? <laughs> is he handling Sabu? What, what's going on here? And then, and then the gimmick is that there's no chance that I can control him. <laughs> he was, he had just laid out on the floor right at the break right in the beginning. <laughs> or, or I heard him by knocking the knocking the thing over while I'm wheeling him. I accidentally I, I hit a rock on the way to because you know the uh, ECW arena floor is just concrete, so there's there's got to be divots in there and stuff. I'm wheeling him out, and all of a sudden I hit a a, a bump in the road and Sabu because that chain. Let's be honest, it's not holding them in there. It's just it's linked from one side to the other. It's hooked. It's hooked to the to the handcart. So yeah, what if I was wheeling him out there and all of a sudden I hit like a rock and all of a sudden Sabu goes flying and he falls down? Would that would would that not have been one of the greatest ECW um, debuts ever? <laughs> and and Joey still would have been like Chad Austin's still an up and comer. He's still an up and comer. Yeah, he's still, he's still a great 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 rookie. We love him. <laughs> he, he, not only does he have to learn his food handling skills for delivering DoorDash, he, ha- he has to figure out how to overcome these obstacles here in e- ECW. <laughs> we hit Joey Styles up again in the Eagle's Nest here. He's talking about when worlds collide and that the TV title is going to be on the line and the Pitbull will be defending the title and uh, they're going to announce who he's going to be defending against. So they go to a promo with the Pitbull and Jason um, which starts off pretty much as a standard heel promo uh, from these two guys. Yeah, but did and you what? guys get the um? Did you guys get the Olive Grove promo after the um the first the first segment with Arn and all that? Did you guys get that that, that commercial? Uh, I didn't. Did you, Aaron? No. Oh, good lord! I got an Olive Grove commercial, and I had to ask Jess, "Where is the nearest Olive Grove?" She said, I thought you were watching wrestling. I said, I'm thinking about endless pasta and bread salad. 
<laughs> a nice big meal would be much better than what I'm watching here. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't 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 just give me a mozzarella stick. That's what this show is. It's it's like overdone mozzarella sticks. I was gonna say these couple of mozzarella sticks, Joey or uh, uh, Jason and and uh, Gary Wolf here. Now they announced that his challenger is going to be Taz. Now, what I want to say here, I don't know if you either one of you guys caught this, but Pitbull talks about, okay, he says, he obviously thinks he wants to say he is numero uno, but he says he is umero uno. Yeah, that's the end. That's how he ends it. How he begins the whole thing is Joey asks about JT, J, JTG, JT Smith, and he says, it's as simple as I'm about to tell you about it right now. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's the right sentence. Um, and fucking Jason standing behind him, and I just wrote, like, these fucking clown shoes can't put a sentence together. They, they don't have no fucking idea what they're talking about. He calls him the, the, he calls him the Tasmaniac Devil. Well, I thought the promo was an old promo. Nope. It, it wasn't old, because, <laughs> I mean, because of that, that camera, that, cam- that, that camera stock that they use looked like that shit they used back at the, Right around the Cabrini College stuff. Now this promo is—I mean, it's fresh to this show because they're—they're they're working it up for Taz to be the challenger when Worlds Collide, and they're going to work Pitbull into being on commentary during Taz's match coming up. He also says that if Taz wants to brawl, he'll brawl. If you want to punch, I'll punch. If you want to karate, I'll karate. <laughs> and then he karate. said, and then he says. I can beat you because the J.T. Smith beat you in the middle of the ring. The J.T. Smith. Uh, the J. Like he's the uh, rock. <laughs> well, I mean, good well, let's be honest. There, there's few on the mic that are as good or as noticeable as J.T. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe as good as the rock is not the right word, but as noticeable, as as memorable. <laughs> yes. Because when when you start hearing "Why save Mammy?" and you start hearing that, you know shit's going down. <laughs> you don't you don't exactly know what shit's going down, but you know some shit's going down. And it's probably him getting beat. Ah, uh, shit. Anything else on that promo, Aaron? Because you got good notes. I like it. Oh, it was just like I said. There's a couple fucking clown shoes just mumble fucking around. It's just it was bad. Just bad and long. Like it was so fucking long. Dealing with fucking Jason and fucking Pitbull. Good God. Yeah, dude, they, they, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how it worked. I don't know what they were looking for. Whether or not Paul was just, again, don't we say this almost weekly on this show? That Paul just looks for a reason to kill time. Mm-hmm. And, and gives up. And he and has gives these the- guys, you know, what, what other territory? Come on, I, I'll wait. What other territory do you see where guys cut like five minute promos? Isn't it? Isn't it normally thirty seconds, forty five seconds? And then yeah. if it's a hot angle, we might give you a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe on a lot. You know what I mean? On a live mic or whatever. It's yeah. usually in that time frame. But dude, they just kept cutting back to Jason. 
the the only the only people that probably ever had uh, during if you if you're talking about a territory show that had promos sometimes that might be that long were guys you can justify being on TV that long like a Ric Flair or a Dusty Rhodes but not the Pitbull you know I mean there's a there's a stark difference between that I mean you get a five minute a five minute Horseman promo that makes sense there's four of them they're charismatic they have a lot to say they got a lot of feuds going on et cetera et cetera. But like Aaron said, these clown shoes, <laughs> Pitbull and, and Jason, just just wasting oxygen. <laughs> well, I could probably justify that by saying because Gary lived, I don't know, roughly 45 minutes to an hour away from the studio. So if Paul needed somebody for post-production, and, and, and you'll see it on all the shows until we, we go completely live to tape from the ECW arena that the, the shows when they still say that Joey Styles is live in the Eagles nest, they're all still shot at mm-hmm. the same, the same spot that yeah. Pitbull was, you know, he lived close enough that Paul could get him to come to the studio. Right. And you know, he probably paid him $75, you know what I mean? Or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever, because you know, cause it was in, what was it? Media, Pennsylvania, wherever it was, it wasn't, it wasn't that far from where the Pitbulls live. So yeah, it wasn't that hard. That's why they keep they kept breaking that same door, mm-hmm. <laughs> that dressing well, room with the star on it. And it, and it comes to, it brings to my mind something that we've mentioned. I guess I'll say this is I I almost think of the same in the same respect of Gary Wolf that we've talked about um, Hawk in that I like Pitbull one and two together, but Pitbull just by himself here doesn't work. If that makes sense, like it's almost like the. And I'm not comparing the Legion of Doom and the Pitbulls, but I'm saying Gary Wolf is as part of a unit with the other Pitbull works, but him as a singles guy here doesn't work, and Jason doesn't help. I don't think. Well, I don't think. I, I think you were pretty accurate, man. I think that that's a that you're not you're not really off by saying that. Mm-hmm. That. If you're comparing the pit bulls to the road warriors, or did they met the road warriors? Yeah, yeah. I don't because they're in the same realm of of what they do, but maybe they they both achieve a different level of success. Just because right. they achieve a different level of success doesn't mean that they're not cut out of the same mold. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, what, who are you going to cheer more for, Hawk and Animal, or Hawk and Drop? Right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Or whoever, whatever, whoever they do in in ECW, I don't, you know, put Hawk out there with, you know, anybody. At this point, the only person you could have put Hawk with was Mikey. Mm -hmm. But Mikey's not even ready yet, right? No, no, not yet. I mean, we we still, we haven't even got the heat wave for my match with Mikey. So, yeah, he's not even been, he's not even been heated up yet. The, The only thing... That I will give anybody any credit for in this promo was when uh, when Joey told him that they were going to be fighting uh, Taz. Like Gary Wolf, he wasn't acting. He wasn't acting scared, obviously. But like when Gary wasn't looking at him, like Jason was like, "Oh shit!" Like had that "oh shit" look on his face. And whenever Gary would turn to look at, or whenever Gary would turn to look at Jason, Jason was like, "Yeah, man, you'll get him. You'll get him." And then when he turned back around, he was like, "Oh shit." Like, as maniac, so I'll give Jason some credit on that. But other than that, this promo was just fucking train wreck. <laughs> well, I mean, but what did you expect? I mean, the the best person you're going to get words out of their mouth in this whole entire thing is Jason. I mean, when you're putting together your match with the person you're working or the whatever the segment you're doing, 
you got to look at all the sums of the parts. And you're like, who is this about? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you want me to do what? Like, Jason? I don't know. You, you, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, these guys are, are watching a match between Taz and Sturman, Mike Norman, um, with the pit bull on commentary. Bad night. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Well, dude, I wrote I wrote down I wrote down his name before they said it because I wasn't sure they were gonna say it because the match what the match didn't look like it was gonna go that long. <laughs> so I was like, Oh that 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 has to be Stormin' Mike Norman. It it has to be. He went face first in that fucking table. Good lord. Hit the bell. <laughs> fucking rough. <laughs> he, got, he got fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I, I Taz was somebody that I wouldn't be messing around with. I mean I'm glad. I, I'm glad. I, I'm glad that I would. I, I was supposed to work Taz when he was the Taz, when he was Taz. Mm-hmm. I'm. I would have much rather work him while he was Taz, because even though he was way more aggressive, he was way more experienced and he was way more safe mm-hmm. than this time. Because them clotheslines and shit. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, and he's 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 also trying to. What do I want to say? He's trying to work, quote unquote, a savage style because that's the gimmick, which means that he's he's wrestling. What what do you want to say? Unhinged or whatever. And like you said, that doesn't make if he doesn't know what he's doing and he's supposed to not look like he know what he knows what he's doing. It makes him double dangerous, really. Oh, double dangerous. Double dangerous. Like, well, how, well, then how come he didn't do the Kamala pin? He had when somebody has to tell him you gotta roll him over. <laughs> he should have done that. Yeah, he really should have done that. But but uh did did he have a manager? Well he was with Sullivan a couple of weeks ago, but I think Sullivan's gone now. So he this at this point, no, he doesn't have a manager. And I don't know I honestly don't know how far we are away from him dropping the Tasmaniac gimmick. My brain isn't we're, doesn't have it in we're like a, a ways away from it. Okay. Well, that's one of my that's one of my favorite episodes because I, re- I I think if I remember correctly is like when I had first got into Tennessee and me and my roommate were watching the shows and that was the one where he was doing the commentary right mm-hmm. yeah and then and I was like oh my god that's that's Taz yeah that was great Pitbull's final comments <clears throat> are. As far as the TV title goes, he says he would die to keep it, but would I kill? So that's that's his that's his uh, salvo there to end the segment. Um, nothing great here, but uh, I think we I think we summarized it. We actually spent a lot more time on this segment than I thought we'd get out of it. Good job, fellas. It <laughs> seems to be a common thread when it talks when you talk about the pit bulls. This we is true. A- we spend a lot. Too, we spend way too much time, like beating them up, and, and they're both dead, right? No, Gary well, Wolf's alive. Gary was still alive. Are you sure? I think the last time I asked that question, you said he was alive. Yeah, Gary but Wolf's I, the guy. Gary Wolf's the guy that said he thinks Vince McMahon secretly owns AEW. Every every week going forward, it's gonna be like, all right, it's a Gary Gary Wolf death check. I think he wrote that down on a piece of paper, and somebody found his journal. <laughs> and it was he wrote it like years ago. <laughs> Somebody's just tweeting as the pit bull, Gary Wolf. Like he's like Nostradamus or some shit. <laughs> Actually, I don't, I don't think he's Nostradorcus. I don't know what he, I don't think he's Yeah, I don't 
I don't, I don't think he's – well, if he could predict his own future, he'd still be alive. That's, that's the way I look at it. I mean, he did have a halo. Well, apparently, it, I don't know where it took him, but it got him somewhere. <laughs> we we now follow this up with a recap of the feud going on between the Bruce Brothers and the Public Enemy. And, yes, Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond are still around, or they might not be. I don't know, because this match was obviously not from the ECW arena. I don't know where it was yeah, shot. This was, this was from the um, Valley Forge show. Was it? Yeah, because it had that ramp. Okay. Well, it's the Bruce Brothers against Bad Company in this matchup here. Pat Tanaka, Paul Diamond against Ron and Don Harris. Did you hear what Joey Styles said before the match? Oh, no, it was a race. About, about Jeff Jarrett? No, well, he said that, but he also said that this match is going to show the diversity of the Bruce Brothers. And the last time I read any of the rumors, that's one thing that the Bruce Brothers did not like was diversity. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was, I was going to ask. <laughs> Was it racial diversity? <laughs> Sexual misogynistic diversity? Like what I think we all understand now why they beat the shit out of Curtis Hughes. Yeah, poor Curtis Hughes. <laughs> if, if you if you knew then what you know now. <laughs> and this match this match um is forcing me to watch these two teams do something that I don't want to watch either one of them do. Actually wrestle. Oh, yeah, I yeah, put I here. They work a match. Yeah, I'd rather watch <laughs> the Bruce Brothers just kick the shit out of people. I don't want to watch mm-hmm. Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond wrestle anymore. I, as much as I, I hate it because it's, it's been done to death. It's like the soup du jour. Like when the bell rings, they just all lock up and then they all just roll out to the floor. And then it's just a melee. You know what I mean? A melee. And mm-hmm. then it's you know all hell's broken loose. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then. They eventually get back to the ring, and something leads to a finish. I, I agree with you, Aaron, that yeah. it, it was good to see, like, a clean, decisive win, you know? Yeah. Well, and it was – it was, uh, and I know Aaron just said he, he would prefer to watch the Bruise Brothers brawl as opposed to wrestle here, but – my thing about this match, and I tried to, <laughs> I tried to watch it and not keep not think. Uh, I just want bad company to go away. I tried to take it for what it was, and what I wrote down in my notes was that this was, uh, it was a decent showcase for Ron and Don to show you know a little They're something good. different, a little something different than what they've shown us so far, and uh, it almost came off like the bad company is working as the heels. And the Bruce brothers are working as the faces in this match to me. That's the way it felt anyway. Well, I mean, it's it's also the sign of um, like I've said in previous weeks, that Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond are on their way out. But I mean, even though they, they seem to they, they seem to like keep trying to give their two weeks notice, but <laughs> they they just they just keep booking them. But yeah, this has gotta be, right? It has to be. <laughs> Like they're they're two week notice, and it's not even that. Okay, it's not even that. When I say I don't want to watch these guys wrestle, it's not even that I hate Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond as a team. Like when they were in WWF and they were the Orient Express or whatever, they had like great matches with the Rockers and shit like that. But mm-hmm. I'm I, I I don't want to see Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond anymore. Like they've ran their course. Yeah. Go the fuck home. Nobody wants you here. Take a fucking hint. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you've you've been here long enough, man. Yeah. You've done all you're gonna do, you know. Neither neither one of you two ha- hand bones, oh, um, <laughs> are are gonna like 
set the world on fire if we split them up and put them in a singles competition. So, hey, Pat, go back to the AWA. <laughs> and then, Paul, don't you live in Canada? We'll set, <laughs> we'll set them up in a, in a – they're going to feud with each other now. They're going to be in a, a, a Diamond's Mullet versus Pat Tanaka's PJs match. If <laughs> if, if Diamond well, loses – Jesus Christ, I hope mullet. fucking Pat Tanaka wins. I don't need to see him. I just meant he couldn't wear the PJs anymore. I didn't mean he had to be stripped of them in front of our eyes. I don't need Pat to knock in his birthday suit. I think I've seen him naked before. <laughs> I think All I've right. seen just I think I've seen just about everybody in the ECW locker room naked before. Now we go to Joey's one you wanted, which was Nancy. Like that's like that's the only one that I would actually want to see naked. It'd be Nancy. Dude, Nancy? Yeah. Oh, you ain't you ain't gonna see, dude. Nancy will get up at five o'clock in the morning and look like she's getting ready to walk out on a runway by seven thirty, eight o'clock breakfast. I I'm telling you, it's it's incredible of what you know. She looks like she looks like every day is a red carpet day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that like, was the highlight, that was the highlight of this show. That opening video they where they. They waste they they stretch some time so they played more footage from like over the year or whatever, fucking Nancy footage. I was like, well, that was, a, that was the highlight of the show. Didn't get any better than that, Jesus. It's yeah. all down here from here. Yeah. yeah, Kevin Sullivan was a lucky man. Yeah, I think he had pictures. Well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did have pictures. Up next, Joey talks to us about when worlds collide coming up. The big event, it's going to be Terry Funk and Arn Anderson, of course, against Sabu and beautiful Bobby. And we get a promo here with uh, two pros, Terry Funk and Arn Anderson. Um, Aaron, you want to start us off on this? Um, I Like you said, two pros, so you know it's going to be good. Um, Terry did a good job of like saying, like, hey, Arn, um, you're, without saying it, he's like, you're from the commercial wrestling company and it's different down here so be ready for that because shit, shit's crazy down here and you ain't gonna be used to it so hey excuse just, me for interrupting um but aaron wasn't this the interview where he was kind of somber like he was kind of talking like not like screaming or doing a wrestling promo yeah it was just it was two it was two veteran guys just talking to each other Okay. Like yeah. All right. I, I just I, I just wanted to remember, make sure that was the way it came across to you too. Yeah. Like Terry had his bandage on his head, and he's just like, "Look, man, this is this is a crazy place." And da 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 da. And Arm was talking about how he wasn't here with any ulterior motives, just to get at Bobby and Paul because he didn't like Paul anymore. And yeah, it was really good. Like Arn flubbed. Like he had one flub, but Terry saved it, so it wasn't bad. Like, he messed good up. Lord. He messed up Arn had a blub and Terry saved it. Yeah, because he's talking about how, like, Arn's talking about how, or Terry's talking about how this isn't WCW, and then Arn says it's not about, he's trying to say it's not about WCW or ECW, but he says it's not about WCW or WCW, and then Terry, like, yeah, yeah, like you said, it's not about WCW or ECW. Like, Terry saved it. Right. So, yeah. Well, uh, I mean... It, it it was so in the moment that no, I guess nobody caught it because I didn't catch it. So that's fine, they, right? Yeah. yeah. They well, they, they did a good job building up or building off of you know referring to their prior animosity between the two of them. Arn made it clear to Terry, like Aaron said, that he didn't come to ECW to save Terry Funk. He came to ECW to get at Paulie, 
And um, but then they they agree to team up and shake hands at the end of the promo. Any uh, any thoughts on this at all, Chad? That you want to elaborate on? No, I thought it was great, man. I mean, you can clearly tell by like any the crowd reaction that it was over. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was people that that was people that the people that that were there. I mean, how great is Philadelphia, man? Like, who would you say was over? And what was this? Ninety four, right? Yeah. Who was over in ninety four in the WWE? I don't know. Uh, give me, give me one name, two names. Scott Hall. Scott, Scott. Scott Hall as Razor Ramon was pretty over. Brett. Okay. Well, besides Brett, clearly, come on, Aaron. Um, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, um, if you were to took any ex WWE person from that time period and or, or WCW person in that time period and put him in Philadelphia, do you think it would have worked the same? Could you find somebody you could put in that position to make it to be the same? No, you have the <laughs> yeah, like there's no way they're gonna not cheer that fucking Arn Anderson is there and Bobby Eaton, like I said last week, the fucking Midnight Express was always fucking over like Rover in Philadelphia. So it they picked the they picked the best two guys. I have I have the handheld. Like I, I didn't tape it, but I have a copy of it of the Midnight Express beating Tully and Arn in Philadelphia and it's it's ridiculous. I can't I, I I I can't believe how big that pop was when the when the, the Midnight Express like won over. Mm-hmm. Honestly honestly at that time in ninety four the only other guy they could have used other than Bobby or Arn WCW wise probably would have been Rick Rude. They would have lost their shit if Rick Rude showed up. Uh, I think that was too soon. To, to me, that would have been too soon. That I think that Rick Rue was still kind of on everybody's kind of back burner and, and being being flaked around by not doing shit and, and and everywhere else. I think in Philadelphia that Bobby that Bobby Eaton is like Tully Blanchard was another one, another guy. You know, um, I mean, I mean, you got you got to really think outside the box when it comes to Philadelphia. You can't just say like, oh, yeah, well, if we send Ric Flair out there, he'll be over. Well, yeah, you can send Ric Flair to Walmart. He'll be over. But I mean, mean, you know, you can't get Ric Flair to go to every fucking Walmart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you got to you got to kind of pick and choose the people that you that you you want to get over. And they they got him over, and I thought it was a brilliant job. I, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, we get a promo bit from Tully. There's actually only one wrinkle in this whole thing, and, and it's it's fucking wrestling logic. So whatever. The only the only thing I look at it, and I'm like, well, what if the Bruce Brothers wouldn't have beat up Mister Hughes, and they actually would have did the Terry Funk Mister Hughes match? Paulie's plan wouldn't have worked. True, <laughs> yeah, because he would have had no reason for Sabu to 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 have a match with Terry Funk. Yeah, so that's the only thing I think they should have done is they should have said that that Paulie paid off the Bruise Brothers to kick the shit out of Mister Hughes. That's the only thing I would have done. Oh, uh, you mean like just connect the dots a little more? Yeah, because if if the Bruise Brothers wouldn't have taken out Curtis Hughes, it would have been Curtis Hughes versus Terry Funk, and Bobby Eaton would have had no reason to be in there. And yeah, that's the only <laughs> that's the only thing that I saw. And I'm like, eh, poor, poor should. Bobby Eaton be still, he'd still be sitting in Huntsville, Alabama, 
like Dennis Stamp waiting for that call. <laughs> on a trampoline. Jumping on a trampoline in his little shorty shorts and baby weights. So you think you think Bobby Eaton called Mr. Hughes and thanked him? Like 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 thanks, buddy, for not, not showing up. <laughs> thanks for getting your ass handed to you before that match. Yeah. <laughs> like that that was the easiest like five fifty I ever made. <laughs> Like, I'm so glad you didn't show up because not only did I get my probably 550, I probably got your 250 for not being here because I was a I was a backup. Or him and Arn split it. I, I'm sure. I'm sure that Arn. Well, if, um, Aaron, you probably know this, or Nate, you probably know this. You, I, you do all the research, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't um wasn't Arn and Bobby a byproduct of the lawsuit? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a trade off. It was like 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 I think we said I think we even said it last week that uh, Bobby Eaton and and Arn Anderson are are <laughs> probably marked down in a in a paper somewhere as payment, you know, instead of cash. It's by it's by an appearance by Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson. <clears throat> yeah, and then what? Ball pays them what a couple hundred dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. And the, what the lawsuit, whatever money covers the rest of it, or whatever you know, is that how that works? Buys them a few beers and they get to drink with Terry Funk. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, I'm not against that. Believe me, I've worked for I've worked for several bar tabs. I mean, I've worked for several bar tabs. <laughs> even even not when I was wrestling. Oh, I did. Yeah. Well, I did dishes tonight for not having a bar tab. <laughs> We, we, me and me and the lovely Miss Jess went out for dinner, and I didn't have any money. And when the check came, and I didn't have any money, she said, Do, "You know where the kitchen's at. You've been here a million times." <laughs> and, I, I, and I just told the bartender, "Don't worry, I got you." Because I even brought my own gloves. <laughs> because saving I knew the, it. Even saving the company money. Look at that. Yeah, I could, because I knew I didn't have any money. I, I looked at my my credit card. I I have negative. Seven dollars on my on my on my credit card, and I'm below like three dollars on my Bank of America card. So I legitimately have no money. And then I want to I want up to look at all the change that I have, and my change my change like thing just gave me a big sad face. That, <laughs> like it said, like you ain't put change in here in a while, man. This there's thing a, is hurting. There's an echo in here. <laughs> Yeah, I, I drop a nickel and it wakes up the kid. <laughs> Jesus, I, that's I, I it, it, dude. If, if I was any, if, just how much more poor could I be? I, I don't understand. Like, it, it, like she's like taping up like Christmas stuff right now, like around the around the house, and and luckily she has a job because if. If she relied on me to get scotch tape, she would get Dutch tape. She would get like generic. It would it'd be like reversible. <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't work. She would go to try to put it on. It would stick to her. <laughs> why, is this, yeah, why is this shit upside down? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, babe. I mean, I, I don't have any money. <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of money, up next, it's a money promo for Paul Heyman with Bobby Eaton. Um, I thought this was a great promo by Polly. Obviously, that's what he does. Um, does a great job of bringing up the history with the Dangerous Alliance and Arn Anderson and, and Bobby Eaton, making great references to the past. Another thing that I thought was cool in this 
was in putting Sabu over, he actually said he said Sabu is the heir to Terry Funk's throne, which I thought was a cool thing to throw in to the promo. Um, what do you guys think? You, you know what Bobby did that I liked that was cool? Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he, did, he, he wasn't cutting a promo, but like Paulie would be like saying something and then, and then Bobby would just be like, here's a bit. Like, like, like he'd tell yeah. Paulie, hey, yeah, you know, I beat that guy. And then Paulie would be like, yeah, yeah. What Bobby said, like he was like, like Bobby didn't cut a promo. He was just telling Paul things in his ear. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Because I mean, obviously Bobby was never known for his promos and shit, but I, I like the fact they played that off that. Bobby's not the most outspoken guy in the world. Like the only person he's comfortable talking to in this locker room is is Polly. Like, yeah, and Polly's the that. Polly's the yeah yeah he's gonna kick your ass guy. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I I'm I'm I must have legitimately missed like that part, and I don't know why. Maybe my 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 part didn't show that. But but what 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 was that again? What was the whole premise? Of what were we talking about? Like Polly was just talking about how um. He, him and Bobby were offended because Arn would talk about being with Ric Flair and being with the horsemen and this, that, and the other thing, but was essentially saying that Arn never brought up, brings up the dangerous Alliance. And he was like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that. I, I mean, did you guys watch it on Peacock? Yeah, I did. And they, they aired that part. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I don't know how it's you must, really you must've, like... you must've got an olive garden commercial instead. <laughs> I, I mean, my my refrigerator is like eight feet from the sofa, <laughs> and and the TV's in the middle of it. So there's no way I didn't hear it. But I swear I don't have anything written down. Like, I, I, the last next thing I have is an interview with Funk and Arn, mm-hmm. and I just like you know, well that was good stuff. That's Funk and Arn. What do you you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know what to put. Good interview, <laughs> and, and like waste the ink of my free pen that I got from getting a new bank account. <laughs> this cheap ass pen, and it only works fucking. Do, it don't work upside down. You got screwed. You should have got the toaster. <laughs> oh, oh, my bank's cheap. They don't. They don't give out toasters, dude. They 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 validate. They barely validate parking. It's the only bank that I that I go to that uh that had, you got to pay to park, <laughs> and with interest. They got, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, but it's not it's not your interest. <laughs> I, I I always tell them like when they when they talk about shit plus interest, I just tell them I'm not interested. <laughs> there's there's no, no in, lack of interest here. Yeah. Yes, I'm not. <laughs> well, well, it's uh, going to be. Nine percent, eighteen percent. No, not interested. <laughs> you, you have two options. You can either you can either interest me, or or not interest me. But I'm not from the premises. Anymore. It says seventy nine ninety nine on the website. That's what I'm paying. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> yes. I'll pay the Maryland state ta- sales tax. That's fine. Six percent. Oh, that's not going to. Oh, kill me. Ooh, six, seven dollars. Wow. But take my brother away. But but any, any all these other fees? No, I'm not interested. So I, I don't think Miss Jess is going to have much of a Christmas. That you got to find the bank with the toaster. <laughs> yeah, you know I, I should. 
<laughs> I I would much rather find a bank with a prostitute. I, I frequent the wrong neighborhoods. I, I need to go to like one of these like loan shops. I, I need to go to like some pizza joint and have to go through a curtain in the back. <laughs> I actually, I actually literally ran a, I, I, I ran a dollar general store for a while that I, it was in the ghetto and I used to have to, on Saturday night, I have to chase prostitutes away from the bushes at <laughs> my store. Like get fucking hookers, get away from the bushes of my dollar general store. Jesus Christ. Stop bums from taking baths in the bathroom. That was well, an adventure. It's hilarious you say that because my mom my mom works at a Dollar General store. And when she was younger, she used to be a truck stop hooker. It's full circle. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to be? <laughs> if you spend a quarter of your life being a prostitute... Just look forward to being a, a, a Dollar General employee. <laughs> Embrace it, man. <laughs> just, just drink it in. <laughs> like that's as far as you're gonna go. I wouldn't get the premium package on cable if I were you, ma. You know, HBO costs like twelve dollars more a month. Yeah. <laughs> now we're heading into a recap of the situation with Tommy Cairo, the Sandman, and our buddy Sal Balomo. Um, I didn't see this either. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> no, I don't have any of this. I didn't. I didn't see nothing. I mean, you didn't miss much. It was the match where if whoever lost got whipped. Like if Sandman lost, then Peaches got to whip him, and if he, if Cairo lost, he got to whip Peaches, and Tommy Cairo won. So then the Cabrini co- connection, which is fucking Tommy Cairo <laughs> and connection. Sal Balomo, they hold Sandman and Peaches whips him. It's, it is. Uh... And then Sandman shows everybody Peaches' ass. And uh, yeah, find out. there on my television. See, I put, oh, I guess they digitized it because her dick fell out. <laughs> Peaches? <laughs> Pizza showed her apples? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Pizza's banana fell out? Yeah. <laughs> Pizza's had a dick. Dude, my, my TV didn't show any of this. There's, there's you no got, chance. You gotta, you gotta buy the premium cock, man. <laughs> there, there's no chance that my refrigerator is that far away that I missed this. It's in the same room, like, as, as the TV. Like, there's no way that I missed it. You know, if I if I get up and I walk to the refrigerator, I can still hear the TV. I never heard of any of this. Like, I looked I looked when, when the show was over and I said, how long was the show? It like, looks like, for, it looks like, like it was I was going to say, it looks like for you it was about 24 minutes. Cause <laughs> yeah, I missed 46 minutes of this. 46 Yours was? Minutes. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know what what peacock did I get or whatever. But I showed you the picture of my notes, right? Yeah. I I don't I don't know why I didn't see any of this, and, and I'm and I'm wondering why that we're trying to get an hour out of this show because if I would have seen most of the stuff that we're talking about now, then definitely I could have <laughs> I could have gave you a better. Uh, vantage point or uh, an opinion on what happened, but no, I didn't see any of this. Good thing Aaron's descriptive. <laughs> well, well, Beaches and the Cabrini connection, they beat up Sandman, 
and then they throw him out of the connection. ring. And then the Sandman comes back and he beats them up, and then they beat him up again and throw him out, and they go to leave. And as they're leaving, Tommy Cairo and Sal Balomo are ahead of Peaches. And then you're kidding me! Out of nowhere, woman grabs Peaches, throws her back in the ring to the Sandman, and then that's when we get the digitized Peaches cock. And they beat her up, and now we've seen the the debut of Sandman and Woman together. Are we talking about ECW from April 26, 1994? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so, the, the point I, of all I, of this. I got, the, the last I got was an interview with Terry and Arn, and then I wrote a great Sandman interview. So, so I you, guess that goes. I guess that kind of catches up to what you said, Aaron. What you just said, to, you know, to fill it all in. But other than that, no, I don't have any of this stuff. Like I don't know what the fuck happened. There's no way it took me eight, nine, ten minutes to go t- from the sofa to the, the to the refrigerator to get a beer when the when the refrigerator's in the same room as the TV. <laughs> So I, I, I have, I, I mean, do you think some something was wrong? It, I mean, it could have very well. Your, your, your stream could have skipped. I don't know, but yeah, like, like I said, we watched forty six minutes. I think you watched twenty six minutes. <laughs> or you went over to your neighbor's house and got in their refrigerator. I'm not going over there because I don't speak <laughs> any of their languages. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking around right now, which. I'm looking around like what now, like what neighbor I would run to if we had an emergency. I, I don't think any of them would understand if I just can't. When, when I live, I live right next door to the Sheik, and on the other side of my my house, I live next door to Tiger Jeet Singh. And I'm just waiting any time now for them guys to go come out and meet them with swords in the middle of the street. And I'm in the middle here. Bloodbath. <laughs> the bloodbath yeah. in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, don't don't worry, I'll gig them. Why why the one hasn't pinned down or has her pinned down? Because I think one's wife is is a lot tougher than the other one than the other, than the husband. So I'll 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 gig her. <laughs> the the point of this segment is getting to at when worlds collide is going to be a tag team match: the Sandman and Woman versus Tommy Cairo and Peaches in the first ever Singapore Kane match. At when worlds collide, so that is what's coming up out of that. And then, like Chad said, we get a promo from the Sandman, and um, it's Sandman's finally morphed into Sandman here. You know, full fledged, smoking a cigarette. Was he drinking a beer? He didn't have a beer yet. All right, well, he's smoking a cigarette though, right? Oh yeah. All right, well, good for him. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. At least he's allowed. Remember when he was smoking? Like the first time back in Cabrini College, and I was wondering if the if the school was going to have a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, not in my gym, buddy. It's like it's like Gene Okerlund at Royal Rumble '92. You better put that cigarette out. Put that cigarette out. Yeah. No, I was thinking <laughs> first time to raise my high when Damone <laughs> when Damone got into a fight with um Ratner in the gym, and he was like. What do you want to do? Something about it? And, and the coach comes out and goes, Hey, take it somewhere else. And he goes, Not in my gym, buddy. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking. 
Like, oh, yeah, they really handle this situation. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, Chad, I know apparently you didn't get to see the whole show. But overall, what did you think of this show? Is this an improvement? Well, oh, it, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to say the Sandman gimmick. Did you guys, I, I might have brought this up before, but did you ever hear Todd Gordon talk about it, about turning Sandman into the actual Sandman? I have not. He tried to say that he told Paulie that we should let Hack be Hack and let him go out there with a cigarette and a beer and just be his crazy self. And Paulie was like, no, we need to keep him the surfer Sandman. And Todd was like, it's my money, Paulie. We're going to do what I want. It's like, eh. I, I don't I, believe that at all. I don't believe that at all. No. <laughs> No, no. Wally was like, this fucking guy's a character. We need to get that. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's did no he, way that that was... Did you just call him idiot. a character? Yeah, he's a fucking character, hack. This guy's a character, man. <laughs> you ever seen that fucking raw footage those people filmed of him at fucking Captain Lou Albano's, like, 80th birthday party or whatever? Oh, the um the banquet thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, man, that fucking shit. Like, Paulie saw that fucking hack was hack, and, like, why is he a surfer? We need to make this guy a fucking... Drunk. Drunk. <laughs> like, let him be himself. <laughs> and Todd tries to say that was his fucking idea. No way. Yeah, I call bullshit on that. Hardcore I bullshit. <laughs> Dude, I, I have been to shows where he has brought beer to the show, and I have brought beers to the show, and... I don't know how many beers he brought because he came in a van. Like, he drives, like, a big van, like a conversion van. So he probably had more beers in the in the van, but I brought more beers to the show. Like, when I walked in, I said, this is my fucking beer. And, Stay away and, from it. Yeah, like, I'm not even dealing with you, dude. Stay over <laughs> there, dude. You're, you're a, you could be the, you could be the HB of the week. Don't worry about it, pal. So overall, guys, what did we think of this week's edition of ECW? Uh, you know, I mean, better? Are we getting better? Are we status quo? Have we stepped backwards as we do some weeks? What do you think, Aaron? I don't think we stepped backwards. I think it was just kind of a, a status quo of just basically recapping what happened last week and sprinkling in a little bit of what you're going to see at the when the Worlds Collide show. And honestly, at the start of this thing, we've been going over this stuff. This is the show. I mean, there's plenty of shows going forward that I'm looking more forward to, but this is the mm-hmm. one that that I've been looking forward to the most because that that I really love the fucking Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton coming in thing, and and this is like to me, it's a show that's even more important than the um, when the line was crossed show because it was just this was the first thing that when I was a kid that got my attention with ECW because they were like talking about it in the magazines and shit because it's fucking Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton, you know, so, and the lawsuit and all that shit. So I'm really looking forward to when we get to that When Worlds Collide show. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're, we're, we're doing that show. Yes. All right, well, that's the only show in my ECW collection that I don't have. <laughs> What's on the network? Oh, it is? Yeah, yeah. it's on Peacock. Oh, well, I, I have the cock. <laughs> oh that's great all right i didn't know that because like literally when i was when i was around back then that show was was never out then and it didn't come out till years and years later mm-hmm. so yeah i never got it and it's also going to be the first show 
of the Reliving the Extreme that we're going to do live. Yes. What do you mean live? We're going to go live on the Facebook as a video stream and record the show live in front of the listeners. Let them interact if they want to. What, Archie Mitchell already put off, put in for time off for that? (laughs) So so, so he can listen? Gets a little PTO, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's your Archie Mitchell reference. You're welcome, Archie. Text in the mail, I promise. Dude, I, I was listening to his show. I I, I half-ass kind of like his show. <laughs> I think like, his show's good for him doing it solo, you know? I mean, I don't know if I could do a show solo for 45 minutes. I, I, I was listening to his show while I was putting dishes away today. Like, you know, I listen to a lot of stuff while I'm doing, I'm doing my Chad chores around the house. Mm-hmm. So I'll put on the network. And just see what's going on, and it's Archie Mitchell, and uh, I'll just put it on. I'm like, all right, well, I didn't turn it off. That's you know saying I mean? something, yeah. I mean, because I, I I have a routine. I listen to Busted Open from nine to noon every day, and then after that, I listen to you know a whole host of other podcasts while mm-hmm. I'm doing shit, and while I'm at while I'm dashing at doors. But yeah, it's not terrible. But yeah, it, it needs it, it definitely needs a little bit of work. <laughs> Poor Archie. Are you talking about Archie or are you talking about the CCW show? Because he could be bench, he could be talking about either one. Uh, all of it. Maybe maybe Archie should should have been working for ECW around this time. Then we can kill two birds with one stone. Well, Archie, wanna Archie, we wanna thank you for joining us this week. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> on reliving the extreme. And uh, Aaron, Chad, any parting words for our listeners this week? Um, for me, not necessarily. I have to go back in the house and wash my hand because our outside feral cat just attacked me, and I'm bleeding. Son of a bitch cat. <laughs> I don't know if, if this bitch has rabies or not or anything. And I, I She gigged my arm. I'm like Anita over here. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> as, as soon as I get off of this, I'm playing a wild thing before I walk into the house, <laughs> and I'm gonna look at Jess, and you're like, "Yeah, like wild wow. thing." It's gonna be like, "I, yeah. I, I, owe, I owe Nita a tetanus shot." <laughs> yeah, dude, I think I do because <laughs> this cat just mauled me, and then it wouldn't even like it couldn't even get its claw off, and I'm the one that feeds it. <laughs> That's how cats are, man. <laughs> Mine are the same like way. Assholes. Cats yeah. are a piece of cat. No, other, other than that, no, just keep follow, following us. Fo- I mean, um, th- did you know that I changed my Twitter handle or is it my Facebook group? I don't know. Just give the plug like normal. Right. <laughs> well, on my Twitter, you're still at Chad Austin Demira. So, um, and you still got Chad's video vault too on Facebook to what I see. So I'm not sure. I'll check again when we. When we sign off here to make sure. Aaron, you have anything? Uh, not really. Just keep listening to the shows. Um, and we all love fucking listener feedback, whether it's positive or negative. Fuck. Negative is yes. better. Negative is better. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I love it. <laughs> and we all love Sal Balomo. Yes, yeah. we love the Sal Balomo. God bless and this show is definitely for the kids. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Do you think his tombstone is a pizza? No, it's the pizza box. <laughs> it, 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 it's opened up where you can see the name where it says hot, fresh pizza on the outside. And then somebody wrote crayon on the inside of it. Like his, um, 
his date and all that shit. <laughs> Rest in peace, Sal. We'll see you next week, everybody. Rest in peace, Sal. On <laughs> Reliving <laughs> the Extreme. Reliving the Extreme is a production of Max and Out Media, all rights reserved.